0: Back on Lauer After Hours. Tonight we have the 2012 comedy TED. It has a 69% from the critics, a 73% from the audience with over 250,000 ratings. Uh, On IMDb, it has uh, 6.9 stars with over 600,000 ratings. Has an estimated budget of fifty million dollars and it has grossed just over five hundred and fifty million dollars. Five hundred and fifty million dollars? Five five fifty. Well that's that, that's worldwide. So five fifth five fifty worldwide there.
1: That's just insane.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna we get ha- it. Yeah, Sorry. I mean huge, huge stars, right? hmm It has a runtime of an hour and forty-six minutes or hundred and six minutes Canadian, which is a nice, tidy little hour 46 here After the the last two episodes we had here on Cinema Where we had two Or no, the last three episodes We had uh, Any Given Sunday Which was oh, two hours and 52 minutes uh, Solo was two hours and Two and a half hours And then The podcast uh, was three hours Right? Well, yeah, yeah that, that, that was Zoe let, Let's be honest there And yeah, then we had yeah. uh, episode eight uh, From Star Wars uh, And that was what? Two hours and 45 minutes Something like that? Hmm. Yeah, uh, this movie was directed by Seth MacFarlane. You know him from Family Guy, uh, American Dad. Uh, this movie, obviously, Ted, where he does the voice of Ted and A Million Ways to Die in the West. It stars Mark Wahlberg. You know him from The Fighter, Boogie Nights, Departed, Two Guns, which I was actually his uh, stand in uh, on Two Guns. How about that? You were. I was. Look at that. Yeah. Wow, bona little, fides. Little connections there, little bona fides. It's it, a vibe. It's it's a total vibe. It, that was an absolute vibe. Um, Mark Wahlberg, Denzel Washington, phenomenal movie. Highly recommend it. Uh, it it's out there. It's a vibe. Hell this yeah. Mo- this movie also stars uh, Mila Kunis. You know her from that 70s show, Family Guy, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and I think a very underrated movie from Darren Aronofsky, uh, Black Swan. Ooh, let's go! Yeah, we also have
1: Joel. Shout McHale. out, Sorry, Kobe said he needed to activate his Black Swan, and he did. You know, you see there, there you go. So just making connection <laughs> points here.
0: Joel McHale. Yeah, we shout also out Community. Have, we also have Joel McHale uh, from Community, deliver us from evil, and the Happy Time murders. We also have got Giovanni Rabisi, You know him from Boiler Room, Sky Captain in the World Tomorrow, Avatar, and Saving Private Ryan. We have some taglines here. Ted is coming. I think that's a double entendre there. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I can see what they were going for. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so, since the movie's so fresh in my mind, I could definitely, I could definitely <laughs> see that. Yeah, they knew from the start their love was special. <laughs> There's just one little thing.
1: Ooh, what's the little thing? Hmm.
0: Talking to Hasbro about that one. The first motion picture from the creator of Family Guy. Yeah, very, very accurate.
1: Very true.
0: It is. <laughs> and by the way, uh, thanks a lot for uh, for joining us here. This is at beep count on Twitter tonight. I've got Pal Cresol out there in sunny Southern California, and this this is cinema. Uh, you're asking yourself, what is cinema? Well, this is a movie podcast series here where we watch movies that are rated 69% on Rotten Tomatoes or 6.9 stars on IMDb, and we establish if it's worth it. Uh, this is April, uh, so we have a, a holiday that some people uh, celebrate uh, on the 20th of this, of this month, and uh, we figured this would be kind of a highly rated movie.
1: Yeah. Couldn't agree more trying to, you know, this movie smokes out a lot of uh, other uh, movies when it comes to this month and that particular holiday. So,
0: yeah. Looking to get down to the nuggets of, of this one. Yeah. The nugs. Yeah. Really blazes a nice trail there. Kind of branching out here. Okay. Mm. There's there's branches. I don't know. Mm,
1: yeah. You know, we'll get down to the stem. Of, uh, I was trying to think was, of one for STEM. Yeah, was trying yeah. To, you
0: know, I, I, it, it was a little bit of a strain for me. Okay, okay, but well, no, it worked. It worked. Uh, we, you know, <laughs> we're, it, it's going, it's going really well. Um, All right. Well, let's get into this. Here, uh, we have some uh, some voiceover exposition here from Sir Patrick Stewart. Uh, he's talking about magical Christmas wishes, and we have some you know some drone shot and another drone shot uh, back back to that uh, as we zoom in on a house. And we are now Christmas Eve in a town just outside of Boston. It's that special time of year when Boston kids would gather to beat up the Jewish kids. Um, we see a, gr- a group of kids attack another kid, and we have some voiceover exposition uh, continuing here from uh, Sir Patrick Stewart uh, as we meet John Bennett. John has a tough time making friends, and he just wants to join in here on the on the beating of the Jewish kids. They, they tell him to get lost. Even the Jewish kid tells him to take a hike, and all John wants is a friend to call his own. Uh, Christmas morning is here, and John is opening his presents, and he gets a teddy bear. Can I I just say something? It's, it's problematic, but I will
1: say I do appreciate the stupid little slapstick moments in this movie. So when, you know, and I'm just going, I'm not trying to be problematic myself. Disclaimer here. I'm just going based on what the movie was doing when they're beating up the little Jewish kid and they're all telling him to like get lost and like they pause and they even let the the Jewish kid tell him to get lost for a second. I just, I don't know. I kind of,
0: there was a slight little chuckle there.
1: I got a little chuckle. Yeah. I just wanted to mention that part. I was like, okay, this this movie's already starting off on on this note. You know, it it made the hour 46 more enjoyable.
0: Correct. Uh, His parents tell him that Santa must have known what a good kid he was this year. John gives the bear a big hug and uh, the bear's voice box says, I love you. John says he's going to name him Teddy. And John was instantly attached to Teddy makes a wish that Teddy could really talk so they could be best friends forever and ever. And there's nothing more powerful than a young boy's wish. Shout out Anthony Mays. And then we get some so more later. voice <laughs> salute, Anthony Mays. Uh, then we get some more uh, voiceover exposition here. And uh, one of one of my favorite lines in this entire thing, uh, at least in this entire uh, exposition part is uh, Patrick Stewart says, there's, there's nothing more powerful than a young boy's wish. Except for an Apache helicopter, which has machine guns and missiles, which make it an absolute death machine. I mean, he's he's not wrong. He's not he's wrong not. at all. Yeah, he's completely right and factual in that. It turns out that the night that John made his wish, there was a shooting star. Everyone knows what happens when you make a wish on a shooting star. John wakes up the next morning to find that Teddy isn't in the bed. He's looking all over for him, the closet, under the bed, under the table. He is absolutely nowhere to be found. Teddy startles Johnny says hug me You're my best friend John John is shook Teddy says Don't be so surprised you wish for me to talk John says we get to be Best friends for real forever forever Uh, John goes to tell his parents That Teddy can talk and they patronize him They say oh that's great sweetie And Teddy comes in the kitchen He Walks right in the kitchen and his parents absolutely Flip out I don't think I've seen This amount of overacting Ever it was perfect, though, because that, that that's an appropriate reaction.
1: If you see a talking stuffed animal that yeah. you just got your son for Christmas come in and he starts just, you know, cutting it up, you know, a couple of men cut it up like it's going to be a problem right away. I thought that was very appropriate. I was dying laughing the way they're just like, holy shit. <laughs> like it was it was
0: I would have I would have reacted the same way if my son would have walked in with a goddamn talking bear yeah and of course the mom here is played by alex Bornstein. uh you know her from mad tv and also the voice of lois on family guy uh mom jumps up on the counter and grabs the hand mixer uh dad screams jesus h fuck then they tell john (laughs) to get away from that thing dad tells mom to call the cops and grab his gun like so you're gonna tell your wife to go call the cops and go grab the gun all right cool i know i Yeah, sure. I get it. Uh, Teddy asks if it is a hugging gun. (laughs) Teddy says that he didn't mean to scare anyone. He just wants to be best friends with John. John tells his folks that he made a wish and it came true. And then mom says it's a Christmas miracle. Uh, He's just like the baby Jesus. Uh, This story gets out to the media, the local news, talk shows. We see Teddy on Johnny Carson. Then we cut to John and Teddy in bed uh, under the sheet with a flashlight And they both promise to be Thunder Buddies for life as we hear a big storm in the background. Voice over Picard here sets up the rest of the movie. So where are John and Teddy today? Let me put it to you this way. No matter how big a splash you make in this world, splash, whether you're Corey Feldman, Frankie Muniz, Justin Bieber, or a talking teddy bear, eventually nobody gives a shit. And we get some opening credits here with the classic jazz music and a montage of uh, John and Teddy growing up. We see Teddy getting arrested for possession. Uh, Teddy goes up on stage at a Chuck E. Cheese type place and just scares the shit out of this little kid. I I, I laughed. I I gave that a good, you know, kind of forced air out of my nozzle. (laughs) That kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. Lots of moments like that. Yeah. We are also introduced during this montage uh, to John's girlfriend, Lori Collins, uh, played by Mila Kunis. We now have a dating montage here, and Teddy is third-wheeling third everywhere everywhere with him. Cut to Teddy taking a huge bon, bong rip while John is eating corn pops and watching Spongebob. And we're actually in the movie now. Uh, Teddy says, on the whole, Boston girls are pay, are, are paler, uglier, short than women from elsewhere of life. Yeah. There, nice. I'm just, I'm just going to warn warn everybody now. There's going to be a lot of Mark Wahlberg impressions and a lot of Ted impressions, or ba- basically a a standard Boston accent. I'm 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 just putting that out there right now, y'all. Yeah. I only have one, and I'll, I'll get to it when we get, get to okay. <laughs> John says it's what a, about Lori. It's, she's it's one of
1: my favorite. Sorry, just it's one of my favorite things to do ever. And like I watching this movie back, I was like, ah, I'm gonna be this is gonna be going on for months
0: again. Now, go ahead. Uh John says, What about Lori? She's hot. Ted says that she's from Pennsylvania, not a Boston woman. John says Boston women aren't that bad. Uh Ted says, because you have to say they're not that bad means that they are in fact that bad. Teddy does his impression of a Boston girl having an orgasm. Oh yeah. Had a, had a. Oh God, that was good. Now I'm gonna go stuff my face. my face with some papers farm. <clears throat> It's getting better. <laughs> oh, there, there it is. That's the Peter. Mm, right mm-hmm. Hey, 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 Lois. <laughs> there it wow. is. Wow. Uh, Teddy says that this uh, weed is weak and he's going to go talk to his weed guy. John is going to be late for work, says that he can't drive. Teddy says that he's going to drive. He feels fine. Ted is behind the wheel and is barely able to see over the steering wheel. Shout out, Schweitz. Salute. (laughs) Salute Uh, Lem as well. (laughs) That's a deep cut. He is using blocks of wood to reach the pedals. John is dropping a gallon of Visine into his eyeballs. Ted pulls into the parking lot of John's work and hits a parked car. John inspects (laughs) the damage, and both cars are fucked up. Ted says that he's sorry. That car just came out of nowhere. Wahlberg's boss, played by Matt Walsh, comes out here and he needs to speak with him. Ted pulls out of the parking lot, almost gets into another wreck. The other driver calls him an asshole. Ted says, That was my bad. I I was sending a tweet. I love Matt Walsh. Yeah. How can you not? Veep? Phenomenal. uh, He's just, he's so
1: good in everything he does, just his dry nature about him and and everything. And then in this movie, when uh, he was. Uh, Just when he starts quoting like Top Gun, I know you're going to get into that part next, but when he starts doing that,
0: he's like, oh, yeah, I knew that (laughs) Uh, in the boss's office. Now here, uh, John's boss says, what are you doing, John? It's almost 10 o'clock. John says it's not his fault. The boss says what he mean. John says, I don't know. I really wasn't prepared for a follow up. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, his boss says all you have to do is not fuck up for a month and you get to take over as branch manager when I move to corporate. He tells John, in a month, my life could be yours. You could have a cushy $38,000 a year job and be personal friends with Tom Skerritt. Not a bad life, is it? Uh, He pulls out a picture of him and Tom Skerritt, says he's going to dock his pay for wrecking the car and for being late. John says, I'm not going to let you down, Goose. The boss has absolutely no clue what that means. John says, that's from from Top Gun. And his boss goes, I knew that. (laughs) Uh, putty from Seinfeld is finishing up a transaction and his face is completely mangled. John asked what happened. Uh, Kronk says that he doesn't remember. I, I, I've i got a limited fake Kronk here as well. Oh, yeah. Let's see. I've got that it. I've, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's about as good as it's gonna get. Um, oh, yeah. Cusco, Cusco, right? Cusco, there it is, right. Oh, yeah. The poison. The poison for Cusco. Yeah. There it is. Uh, He's also says, Joe on Family Guy. He is Joe on Family Guy. hmm Yeah. Uh, Krong says he doesn't remember. He got drunk last night and texted him at three 3.30 in the morning to come beat him up. Uh, he texts the same person at 4.15, said thanks. Uh, John says, isn't that kind of gay? Are you sure you're not into some sort of underground gay beat-up club? He says he doesn't remember, just like last time. He says, I'm in the chicks. I don't know. I might be gay. I don't know. Uh, he asked John to cover for him. He's going to go take a nap in, in the bathroom. And their coworker Alex, with I'm not sure what kind of accent this is supposed to be. Maybe Eastern European, maybe Greek. He asked, hey, guys, where's it hanging? Says that he <laughs> didn't get in the club last night because the bouncer was being a douche face. But he uh, made
1: friends in line.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I that guess was, that's all that matters, right? Honestly, I was just that that another moment where I was just having a good laugh. I was like, this is such a stupid joke, but it's funny. It's what it, I, I get it. It's <laughs> mine for
0: hours. I made friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John is now trying to find a nice restaurant. Tomorrow is John and Lori's four year anniversary. Um, you think you would have done this more than 24 hours before the dinner, not me. Uh, Kronk says that his longest relationship longest relationship was only six months. The girl farted in her sleep, and he was gone before she woke up. John says that he's not very tolerant. Uh, Kronk asks if Lori ever farted in front of him. John says all the time. Kronk says, "Are you Italian?" Then says, "Never mind. Take her to Benihana." Uh, the token hot girl in the office says, "Dinner isn't enough. If it was me, I'd be expecting a proposal." John says, no, that's not going to happen. I submit that love is enough. Kronk says, you can put the ring in her ass and let her fart it out. I laughed at that one, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Me too. We now cut to John.
1: No, go ahead. Go ahead. It's fine. No, go ahead. We cut to John. No, I was going to say, it's just all the the stupid stuff about farting. Like how he liked it, and then how he, like how he didn't like it, and broke up with it, and then he's also suggesting, oh, no, do it. Like, <laughs> so stupid.
0: We now cut to John and Ted watching Flash Gordon and getting high on the couch again. Uh, Ted wants to make plans for the Bruins game the next night. John says that he can't. He's taking Lori to dinner for their anniversary. He asks Ted if he thinks Lori's expecting something big. Ted says, like what? Anal? John says, no, like a big circular gold thing on a finger. Ted says, no, fuck that. It's only been four years. You and I have been, have been together for 27. Where's my ring? Then he proceeds to beat up John with his weak little teddy bear arms. Teddy says that it's a wrong time for something like that. You got the economy. You got the economy. Credit bubble. Haiti. And they go back to Haiti. Haiti gave me me a good laugh. Yeah. Uh, Then they go back to watching Flash Gordon. Uh, John says that this is the American fantasy right here. A professional NFL player is called upon to save the world. Ted says Tom Brady could do that. And John agrees. Tom Brady could totally do that. Oh, yeah. He could do that. Yeah. Tom Brady could totally do that. Yeah, Yeah, the, the, the Wahlberg is just a Boston accent with like a really loud whisper and you mm-hmm. have to be just about out of breath. Like you just <laughs> ran like a mile. You're like, hey, how you doing? I got something to tell you. How, how you doing? Say how do your mother find me. Almost
1: questioning it, everything, too.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's that kind of mm-hmm. high pitch. There's a little bit of a whisper, but it's still a loud whisper. Um, That's my yeah. fucking teddy bear. Hey, how you doing? That's my teddy bear. Uh, Lori opens the door. She has got turkey burgers for dinner. Ted asks if they're having homosexuals over for dinner. Lori says, no, just you mm. homos. Mm. Ted's not age well. Yeah, not mm. at all. Uh, Ted says, well, you just took my joke and rewarded it and then gives a fake courtesy laugh. Uh, John asks Lori about uh, Lori's dickhead boss. Lori says he only hit on me once a day. And Ted asks John if he wants a beer. You mean a couple of Charles Brukowskis? You mean a Bruce Stovyeski? You Teddy mean Brewski? a Mike? You mean a Mike Perhaps a Teddy Bruski? did she say, Martina uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then Lori says, "I too will have a Martina Uh And then the guy say, "No, that doesn't work. The name has to have a ski at the end. You can't. You just put Bruski at the end of Martina Navratilova." She said that uh, she thought they were just doing some funny names. Ted says that if it doesn't have the ski at the end of the root word, we would just be idiots saying nonsense. And now we cut to John and Lori getting for, ready for bed. Lori is reading an article about some missing hikers. They found them alive after five days. One of the hikers had his foot trapped under a rock. John said if your leg was trapped in a rock, I'd chew it off and set you free. Lori says that's sweet. And then John asks if that's cannibalism. Uh, lori says only if you swallow john says "Uh, you don't have to worry about that i don't swallow i'm a classy broad lori says it's not what i heard uh some more kind of funny bedroom banter and then lori says speaking of classy chow bellow is really expensive so we can go anywhere else as long as we're together john says no way we've been going out for four years now i'm taking you to the best place in town and then they start to make out Uh, Their nocturnal meandering here is interrupted by a huge thunderclap, and John absolutely freaks out. (laughs) Laurie says, I I just don't get it. 35 years old, and you're still scared of thunder. He says he's not scared. Teddy busts into the room and climbs up on the bed. Uh, He says, uh, Thunder Buddies for light. Right, John? John says, fucking right. And then they start to thing, sing the Thunder Buddy's song. When you hear the sound of thunder, don't you get too scared. Just grab your Thunder Buddy and say these magic words. <laughs> Fuck you, Thunder. You can suck my dick. You <laughs> can't get me Thunder because you're just God's farts.
1: <laughs>
0: <sighs> Lori yeah. is absolutely not having it. Uh, Ted asks uh, Lori if, that, if she can set the alarm for 11 o'clock in the morning And he has a lot <laughs> of stuff to do in the morning <laughs> We now cut to Lori at work uh, She is not having a good morning at all She did not have time for breakfast The parking garage was full And oh yeah, my boyfriend can't get through a thunderstorm without his teddy bear uh, Her co-workers are asking her why, the, why she's putting up with that uh, He's 35 and works at a rental car agency Lori says that it's not about that. He's got a big heart. He's kind. And it doesn't hurt that he's the hottest guy in Boston. And that she just wishes that uh, he would get his life together, our life together. She thinks it's all because of Teddy. Which, I mean, she's she's not really wrong there. Mm-mm. Yeah. Not wrong at all. Uh, her co-workers think that she, could give, that she should give John an ultimatium. Ultimatium? ultimatum. Ultimatum? Ultimatum. 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 Ultimatum warrior? Mm-hmm.
1: I just watched that show on uh, on Netflix called The
0: Ultimatum. Really good. Oh, that that's the one that uh, that Billy Gill and uh, the crew were talking about on Mystery Crate. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I messaged him to uh, to watch it. I know, I I know he gave the reasons as to why he didn't, but we. Uh, our relationship is very strongly based around reality television, so we yeah. often text, message each other back and forth about different shows that we're watching. Mm-hmm. So he said he wasn't watching it, but I, I messaged him to really check it out, because I think that he, he'd get into it if he really dove into Because if you like Love is Blind season two, then he's going to like this too. Salute I, to the
0: Lachez. I, I haven't said. seen a single frame of any of it, so. Check it out. Yeah. It's crack. Anyway, moving on. Uh, her coworkers think that she should give John an ultimatum. It's either her or Teddy. She says she can't do that. It would devastate him. Besides, what would happen if John chose Ted? That's a great question. Imagine that your your girlfriend's boyfriend, husband, wife, significant other gave you an ultimatum. Hey, choose me or this teddy bear. And you chose the teddy bear. Ooh, she was scared of it too, you know? She didn't
1: know. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh their but having, boss. But there's something about that bond you make as a friend as a young kid. Especially yeah. if like this is the
0: one person that was there for you. It's not even a person, it's a bear. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and that, that relationship is going, he said what, twenty seven years? Mm-hmm. It's a long time. Twenty seven years. He looked a lot he looked a lot oh, older than thirty five. What was that? Well, Wahlberg, seven more okay. years than Kobe played for the Lakers. Um, he played for twenty, right? Yeah, yeah, he played for yeah. twenty. So yeah, seven I mean, more. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Jeter played for the Yankees for twenty years as well. So yeah, I mean, it's Jeets. <laughs> What's up, jeets How you doing? Say how do you motherf yeah. me. Uh, Their boss, played by Joel McHale, comes in and says, well, hello there. Hope I'm not interrupting any girl talk about Channing Tatum's index finger. But Lori, I need to see you in my office. She says that she's got a lot of work to do. He says, oh, this is work. I swear. Her co-workers wish her luck and says that Rex is an asshole and a total sleaze. $100 $100 says that he's showing her the diving team photo. And now we cut to Rex's office where he is indeed showing Lori the diving team photo from high school. He says that they dove the shit out of that pool the senior year. Lori says that she thought this, is, this was about work. <laughs> Rex says, I don't get it. Uh, sorry,
1: that was so funny. I, I died laughing. I dove the, we dove the shit out of that <laughs> pool.
0: Yeah, I, I don't understand how you can do that. But, you know. You're, you're Joel McHale. You, you apparently uh-huh. can do whatever you want. Exactly. Um, Rex says, I don't get why you don't like me. I'm rich, good looking, and my dad owns the company. Lori says that I have a boyfriend. I've told you this. He says, yeah, I know, the guy with the bear. Uh, I'm talking about a real mature relationship. Our babies would be spectacular. What, with my top of the pyramid Caucasian jeans and your splash of dark, beautiful, smoky, Baltic? Check? Splash. She says goodbye. Walks out of the office. We now cut to dinner later that night. The server asks if she can wrap the leftovers. John just wants her to wrap up the lobster head. He wants to scare someone later. Laurie asks, what are you five? John says, yeah, but I read like a six-year-old. Uh, another server comes over with dessert and a bottle of champagne. Laurie says, ooh, Cristal. John says, yeah, four years, only the best. Hey, all those rich black people can't be wrong. Ooh. Yeah. Uh. Lori says it doesn't feel like four years. She says that he had no business being out on that dance floor. And we get a flashback scene here to 2008 in the club. And John is dancing with a girl. She says, wow, you can really move. John says, yeah, Chris Brown can do no wrong. Uh, Mm. And yeah, Um, this was supposed to be 2008. And the whole incident with Chris Brown and Rihanna took place in 2009. So So that's why they're yeah. Salute old takes, old takes expose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He does some sort of somersault here, a a back roll, a half split into a full spin where he absolutely decks a woman just like Chris Brown ties it all together. Uh, she falls to the floor and John is apologizing his ass off. She says that her head really hurts. Probably concussion protocol is coming up here. Uh they go sit down at a table, he puts some ice on her head, pretty forcefully, I I might add. Like that's mm-hmm. that was not a, a gentle, caring touch there. No, it's um, just a like, bah. Yeah. Right 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 smack on the head. Probably another concussion with putting that ice block on her head. Mm-hmm. Uh, She looks up and falls madly in love with John. She just loses loses it all. Uh, This is basically just a supersized, you know, meat cute here. Suddenly, her head doesn't hurt anymore, and we cut back to the restaurant. Lori says, here's a test about how much you love me. Remember after the club, we went to go eat late night waffles. What was the movie uh, we were watching at the diner? John says, Octopussy, and Lori is absolutely impressed. John says, uh, "And my dancing was not that bad." She says, "Yeah, they're 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 pretty bad." Um, John says that he has cool moves, and Lori says, "So do people with Parkinson's." Mm. McFarlane. just yeah. just does not give a shit. Um, no. John says, well, that's not how I remember it. Now we cut to John's flashback of their meet-cute, and it is a parody of Airplane doing a parody of Saturday Night Fever, um, parody here. It's uh, the classic disco dancing here with the, the hand rolls, and uh, Laurie picks up John and spins him around by the legs. And now we cut back to dinner, and Laurie says, you know, whatever you say, and they toast to four more years. John says, I, I know we said no gifts, but I got you something anyway. And Lori says, no, we we had no such rule. There was no such rule. He gives uh, her a jewelry box, and Lori is shocked. Uh, she opens it up, and it is a very inexpensive mm. and cheap pair of earrings. John says, those are the ones you liked, right, from the kiosk in the mall? And she was definitely expecting a ring. John says, someday there's going to be a ring in that box, but I want to wait until I can afford something really special. She says... You're not going to have a career as long as you have Teddy hanging around. Uh, she wants John to ask Ted to move out. John can't do that. He's been my best friend since I was eight. I wasn't popular, didn't have any friends. He's been with me through everything. John says we can talk about this later and just enjoy our dinner. We now cut to John and Lori pulling up to their apartment. John can't find his phone anywhere. He asked Lori to call it. Uh, she starts to dial the phone, and it is the theme song for Darth Vader from Star Wars. She asks if that's her ringtone. What is it? It sounds negative. He says, "No, no, no. That's from the notebook." Mm. John's unhappy, or just a terrible liar. One of the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make sure both. Maybe we'll see a little bit of both. Sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, he says it's going to take some time to find it, and Lori should just go meet him upstairs. <laughs> Lori walks in on Ted sitting on the couch with four hookers, Angelique, Heavenly, Shireen, and Sauvignon Blanc. Lori looks down on the floor and says, what is that? Is that a shit on my floor? There is a shit on my floor. Sherry. Uh, Ted says they're uh, playing truth or dare, and Shireen is pretty ballsy. Uh, Lori is absolutely losing her mind. There is a shit on my floor. Ted says, R, oh, is there a floor on the shit, as Kierkegaard would say. Uh, a lobster head peeks around the door and frightens Ted. John, obviously holding the lobster head, says, who lives here? You owe me lobster money. John finally comes in the room, notices a bad, a bad vibe in the room, and says, what's going on here? And he looks on the floor and says, is that a shit? Again, air forced out the nose in a... <laughs> That's my buddy, John, not the lobster, the person who's holding it. (laughs) Uh, Now we cut to John and Ted at the aquarium. Uh, Ted is giving voices to some of the fish here. Uh, Here's a waspy fish. I married a young, a wrong woman, and now I live a life of regret. Um, He does the Stewie voice. I I can't do the Stewie voice at all, Um, but it's, you know, kind of uh, Seth MacFarlane. Describe this as uh, an effeminate person from uh, England. And that's kind of what he went with here. I went to New York in 1981 and I did not feel safe. Uh, John tells Ted the bad news that he's got to move out. Ted doesn't like this at all. John says that he and Lori need to be alone and move on with their lives. And then plus, you know, the, the floor shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a flashback here Flip. to Lori picking up the shit with John cowering behind her. <laughs> I, I like this scene here. This it was, was so really funny. Yeah. My thumb had touched it. No! <laughs> no! You, gotta, you can never cook anything with that hand ever again. Uh, Ted says that uh, she's making you do it, isn't she? What happened to Thunder Buddies for life? Uh, John says, I love Lori, and I don't want to lose her. lose her. I will help you get on your feet out there. Uh, Ted agrees to move out, and they hug it out. Ted's voice bot kicks in. I love you. They quickly stop hugging. I'm not gay. You're not gay, so we're all good here. John says, we got to find you a job. Now we cut to John and Ted in a suit walking about uh, to head in for a job interview at a grocery store. Ted says he looks like what you give your kid when you're telling them that grandma died. That's a good looks like there. I don't know. I don't know if it's ter- tournament eligible, but it's it's a pretty good looks like. Mm-hmm. John takes some weed out and says, if you get the job, we're celebrating. Ted says, if I don't, we're still going to smoke that pot, right? John says, probably. Probably. In the interview now, the hiring manager asks Ted, so you think you got what it takes? And Ted says, I got your wife's pussy on my breath. The manager says, no one's ever talked <laughs> to me like that. Ted says, that's because everyone's mouth is full of your wife's box. The manager says, you're hired. Ted says, shit. Cut to Ted and John walking through the park here. Some girls want to take a picture with Ted. Ted grabs some boob, and the girls laugh. John and Ted are now on a bench. Uh, Ted says he's a former celebrity with a minimum wage job. This is how the cast of Different Strokes feels every day, all day. As (laughs) John is about to roll a joint, they are interrupted by a father played by Giovanni Ribisi and his son. Uh, Ribisi says that he's been a big fan of Teddy since he was a boy. He saw him on Carson. Ted says, that was a weird interview. Ed McMahon kept calling me Alf and whispering anti Semitic comments. Rabisi says that he wants to buy the bear. The kid says, I want it. And Ted says, I'm not an it, I'm a he. I appreciate me, you know, expressing his pronouns. That's, mm-hmm. that's very, you know, 21st century. For all the problematic stuff that they had, you know? Yeah. It has to balance it out a little bit. It ha- has to, right? Yeah. Um, John stands up and says that he's not for sale. He's had him forever and he's very important. The kid says, stand up straight when you're talking to me. John says, why the fuck would he say that? <laughs> <laughs> the, that, that kid. Yeah, easily he'd pass off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Rabisi says, if you ever change your mind, here's my address and phone number. Call me and we'll make a deal. John takes the paper and I'm going to put it in a very important pocket for all the very important stuff. Uh, Rabisi and the kid leave. John asks Ted if you can imagine what that kid would do to you. Uh, Take you down to the basement and sing, sing creepy Victorian nursery rhymes. Oh, my little sixpence, my pretty little sixpence. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty creepy. Uh, mm-hmm. Ted says, why do you got to take it that far? And now we cut to John helping Ted move into his new apartment. Man, this, this place really sucks. Mm-hmm. Ted it's says the color. <sighs> yeah, the, the color just, I mean, it looks like a crack den, basically. Uh, Ted says that the landlord said this place ain't hardly had no murders in it. Uh, John slowly walks away, walks away down the hallway. He's very emotional here. Next morning, John is getting ready for work. Lori says that I know that must have been hard for you, but I'm proud of you. John says it's all good. Uh, and they, this is just the start of grown-up John Bennett. Lori says, I don't have to be at work for another 20 minutes. John says, good. I'm only going to need one. Stu Gotson Sunday, salute. <laughs> Except this is like a, a Wednesday, maybe. Yeah. Lori says, I know I'm not a talking bear, but at least you didn't have to make a magical wish for me. John says, how do you know? And then they start to make out on the couch. She says, is that a flash Gordon Ray gun or you just happen to see me? John pulls out a flash Gordon Ray gun and pulls the trigger. They both laugh. Cut to Ted working at checkout uh, at the grocery store. He sees the new girl working in the lane. He starts to flirt with her. Starts air humping the credit card machine. She laughs. He starts uh, performing a fellatio act on a candy bar. She laughs. Then he squirts his face with lotion. She doesn't laugh. A little too far. He says, okay, that's where we'll draw the line right there. Okay. Uh, okay. Cut to John at work. Now the token hot chick asks how he's doing. She says that she went through this with her last boyfriend. They were together for eight months and he got deported back to Iran. So I, I know what you're going through. He totally gets it, yeah. Yeah, John says. I guess we both lost our furry little guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh John's phone is now ringing. It's the Knight Rider theme song. It's Ted. You know, actually, that that brings up a good question. I I was thinking about this today. If you were in a high speed chase, right? You're getting chased by the cops. What song is playing? Ooh. You know, what what song are you playing? In your car as you're in this high speed chase, I I will submit that the Night Rider theme song would be top three for me. That's a good one. What's um
1: Panama? What, who sings Panama? Is it Van Halen? Van Halen, yeah. Panama's a good. I feel like would be a good one. Panama. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I would say the Night Rider theme song. Uh, no easy way out from the rocky four soundtrack okay yeah that's got that nice little hard driving beat there uh mm-hmm. and then the theme song from what was it blue mountain state uh rev theory hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah all right moving Ta-da. on Uh, Ted is in the bathtub and trying to get John to come over and get fucked up. John says that he can't just do that in the middle of the day. Ted says that he's got the Cheers DVD box set and everyone just talks shit about each other.
1: John says, (laughs) That was my favorite part of the whole movie.
0: (laughs) John says, Just kick me out in five minutes. Ted says that he will kick you out in five minutes, that he's got a bunch of teddy bear paperwork to get to. Uh, John says, Well, what am I going to tell my boss? Ted says, Just tell him that you don't feel well. John tells his boss he's got to leave early. Lori was breaking up a dog fight and got bit on the arm. John says that's just the kind of girl Lori is. She sees someone in trouble and she's just got to help. Like, if you're going to lie, don't overdo, you know, the the details there. That That's how you get caught. Mm-hmm. That's how you get caught. <laughs> stick a finger in his asshole. <laughs> Wait, the, I thought you meant his own. His the, don't own fireman? Asshole. The fireman stuck the finger in his, in his, the dog's asshole, right? Uh, We cut to uh, Ted and John drinking beers and watching cheers. Ted Danson says Woody Harrelson. Smallest dick I've ever seen on a man. (laughs) Uh, Woody Harrelson. Cinema regular. His name being said this, this is like the, this is his fourth time. I want to say.
1: This, yeah, is a woody, this is a Woody pod. Yeah. Woody Harrelson. There we
0: go. <laughs> uh, Ted hands John the bong and says that he talked to his weed guy and he's got something called mind rape. It's pretty mellow. John says it doesn't sound mellow. Ted says that the only other strains he had were Gorilla Panic. They're coming. They're coming. And something called this is permanent. John <laughs> lights the bong, looks around, says the place is great. Ted says that IKEA did the whole place for $47. <laughs> that sounds about right. Mhm. Yeah. John asks about the neighbors. Ted says that there's an Asian family next door and they don't have a gong or nothing so it's not too bad. <laughs> Ted asks John about work. John says that it sucks. John asks Ted about work. Ted says that he met a girl. John says that's awesome. We should double date. Asks what her name is. Ted says white trash name. Guess John rattles off a few names here. Mandy. Nope. Marilyn. Nope. Brittany. Nope. Tiffany. Nope. Candace. Nope. Don't fuck with me on this. I know this shit. Do you see me fucking with you? I'm completely serious. All right. Speed round. I'm going to rattle off some names. And when I hit it, you fucking buzz it. You got me? You do it. I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah. All right. Brandy Heather, Channing Brianna, Amber Serena, Melody Dakota, Sierra Bambi, Crystal Samantha, Autumn Ruby, Taylor Tara, Tammy Lauren, Charlene Chalene, Chantel, Courtney Missy, Jenna Christy, Mindy Noel, Shelby Trina, Reba Cassandra, Nikki Kelsey, Shauna Jolene, Earlene Claudie, Claudia, Savannah Casey, Dolly Kendra, Kylie Chloe, De- Devon, Emma Fucking Becky, No. Was it any of those names with a Lynn after it? Yes. Oh, I got you, motherfucker. I got you. Okay, Brandy Lynn, Headlin, Tammy Lynn, Fuck. Well done. How you doing? Well done. Say That's how, how you do, do, do it live. Say, how do there you do it There we go. <laughs> All right. I'm not even going to tell you how many times I rehearsed that.
1: Hell yeah. It you was, killed
0: it was that. over one. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Impressive. We cut, we cut to a long line at the grocery store. Customers are getting impatient. The manager starts looking for Ted. He walks back to the stockroom and hears a woman moaning. We see a bear-assed Ted between Tammy Lynn's legs with her underwear around her ankles. They are going at it on top of a few bags of onions. Ted tells Tammy Lynn to stick her finger in the loop of his tag. The manager takes Ted into the office and says, You were having sexual relations with a co-worker on top of produce that we sell to customers. Ted says... I fucked it with a parsnip last week, and then I sold that parsnip to a family with small, with four small children. Manager says that took guts. We need guts. I'm promoting you. The supermarket is closed. Ted heads out the back door and is drinking a beer. He throws a bottle into the dumpster and uh, misses, and says, "All right, Kareem. Ah, you suck, Kareem." That was so funny. That was a good one. Yeah, we've all been there. Uh, Little skyhook. Yeah, but. I don't remember ever saying, you know, Kareem. It, it was always Kobe. Like, you shoot anything, you throw anything into any basket, you're, you're saying Kobe, right? Well, you know, depends on
1: the, the. If it's a hook shot, I'm going Kareem. I've done, you know, I've you know, done that myself.
0: Hmm. It's a little, you know, a little English on it with the sky hook. Two Americas, I guess. Yeah. Zagak. Uh, He is startled by Rabisi, who appears to have been stalking Ted. He asks if Ted's alone. Ted says, no, you're never alone when you're with Christ. Rabisi says that he and his son can give him a really nice home. Ted says that he's good where he's at. Rabisi says that he can offer him $6,000 in railroad bonds. Ted says that would be nice. Uh, I just returned from active duty in the Civil War. Oh, no, wait, that was 150 years ago, and I don't give a shit. Tammy Lynn now comes into the alley and tells Ted that they have to go. They're going to be late for dinner with John and Lori. Ted says, as you can see, my dance card is pretty full. Rubisi says, can I just get a hug? I kind of felt sorry for him a little bit here. Uh, Ted says no and slowly walks away back up the alley. Tammy Lynn asks who that was. Ted asks, oh, that was uh, Sinead O'Connor. She don't look so hmm. good no more. That that, that was another. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I, I I think I'm 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 actually going to start counting them now. That that's four where it went. Hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. Where they're they're building up. Yeah, they're 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 you know we got a few more coming up too probably. <laughs> this is at <laughs> count on Twitter. <laughs>
0: oof, <laughs> oof, count. <laughs> Uh, We now cut to the double date dinner here. Classic small talk. Hey, Lori, how have you been? Uh, It feels like forever since I've seen you. Lori says she's good. Work is good. And they're about to have their 20 year celebration at work. Ted says 20 years, huh? So you can bang it, but you can't get it drunk. And Tammy Lynn absolutely loves this joke. Apparently she loves a bear with a sense of humor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lori. Not not so much. Did not like this one at all. Lori says that uh, Rex is throwing the house party, and it's odd that John didn't tell you about it, considering you have hung out every single day since you moved out. Ted says uh, that is odd because the first thing on our agenda is talk about you. I was just saying the other day how great your hair always looks. I just want to brush it. Uh, Lori asked Tammy Lynn about herself. She says that she's always interested in meeting Teddy's girlfriends. Tammy Lynn gets defensive. What do you mean, girlfriends? Like there was a lot of them or something. Lori sort of backtracks here and says, no, Teddy's just very handsome. So she just wanted to meet the girl who could just snatch him up. Tammy Lynn goes off. Did you just call me a whore? Worry about your own snatch? You think you're a hot shot because you're in the business world? I gave birth once. I could kick your ass. You better never show your face here around Quincy. Uh, Ted tries to get Tammy Lynn to leave. Let's go back to my place for a couple of vodkas and strawberry quicks. That doesn't sound tasty at all.
1: mm Yeah. I like how he
0: asks her, what happened to the kid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember that baby. Uh, they leave. Uh, Lori says, what's wrong with that cunt? And John covers his, his ears in pain. Oh, I hate that word. It's like an electric sword just slashing everything in its path. The way he says sword, just, I wanted to punch him in the face. Sword. Sword. Just right in the face. Mm-hmm. Lori says, well, you didn't really have my back there. John says that he's trying to be fair to both Laurie and Ted. Lori says that it feels like he's being more fair to Ted. Lori says, also your boss called today asking how my arm was from the dogfight fight that I broke up. Uh, John says, well, I made you out to be a hero. Lori says that if I had to guess, you made up some bullshit excuse to leave work and go hang out with Teddy. Lori says, Ted, Teddy moved out so we can grow as a couple. And we can't do that if you're always getting high with your teddy bear. John says that he knows that he fucked up. He's been getting stoned way too much. Lori says that she doesn't need a boy. I need a man. John says, I am a man. Look at these pecs. These are man pecs. Look at the hair on my upper lip. That's man hair. I just fatted. That's a man fat. Lori laughs. As she says, I swear to God, this is your last chance. John says that he won't fuck up again. He threw sure. the fart. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lori says, Wait, did you really just fart? John says, Yeah, but I pushed it that way with my hand. Lori says, I wonder who's going to hit first. And we zoom in on a table of three businessmen. And it hits them right in the face, and they just start gagging and scream, "Who did this to us?" I'm here on business. Who did this to us? <laughs> this got an audible laugh. That this wasn't mm-hmm.
1: just a. Hmm. No, yeah, this, I remember the I, this joke specifically. I've remembered for quite some time now. At this point, it, it's a good one. It's not the one that I, I quote
0: often, but it's it's up there. We now cut to Lori's work party. Uh, John says, uh, "Would he be? Would would she be cool? Would Lori be cool if that if John?" punched her boss in the face. Lori says, just play nice. Rex opens the door and asks John where his bunny rabbit is. John says he's a bear. Rex does a half-assed sarcastic ventriloquist says, oh my God, this house is fucking huge. Uh, This actually is a a nice house here. Um, He's got a, a little live jazz band here playing. They go upstairs, or they go, excuse me, they go to Laurie's co-workers. Uh, Rex says that he and John are going to go grab a drink at the bar. Rex takes John on a tour of his house to show him some memorabilia. He's got Wade Boggs' bat, Joe Louis's boxing gloves, John Lennon's glasses, a picture of Rex and Tom Skerritt. Uh, he's also got Lance Armstrong's nut. He says that he has it bronzed, and when he's having a hard day, he looks at it to remind him that it could always be worse. John says sometimes you His feel nut. like a nut. Rex finishes I, the line. I've lost Jiv's nut. Sometimes you do bronze in my house. So <laughs> Jeff. There we go. John says that he knows all about how Rex is at work. Rex says that he's like that with everyone there. He's just a fun time boss. You know, I'm kind of a kook. Rex says that he has no designs on Lori, and John gets a call. And it's the Knight Rider theme song again, and we know that's going to be Ted. Ted says, John, you got to get over here. Sam Jones, Flash Gordon is here. His friend's cousin is friends with Flash, and he is here uh, at a party that Ted is throwing. John says that he can't go. He's on probation with Lori. Ted says that Flash Gordon was the bond of our formative years. He taught us right from wrong, good from evil. He is the symbol of our friendship. John says, fuck it, I'm coming. He asked Rex to cover for him, says he's only going to be gone like 30 minutes tops. And he is really out of breath here. He ran like maybe 17 steps and he's huffing and puffing like he just got Mm -hmm. done running a fucking marathon. Mm -hmm. Rex says that he's got uh, he's got John's back and she won't even know you're gone. John leaves and Rex says under his breath, I'm going to have sex with your girlfriend.
1: What an idiot. Yeah. Wahlberg's so dumb. Come
0: on, John. Dumb. Get out of here, John. Idiot, moron, at, jackal. At displaying the behavior of an idiot, jackal, moron. There we go. Yeah. <clears throat> John is speeding through the Boston night with the Flash Gordon theme song playing. He gets to the part, you know, actually, that's where I was thinking about the the, the speeding. Yeah. At a feeling. The high speed chase. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he gets to the party and ted introduces him to sam jones john starts a dra- daydream about riding with flash Gordon through space flash says it's good to meet you let's do some shots they start taking some shots and flash asks if they like to party and flicks his nose ted says you mean coke right the three of them come out of the bathroom ted has a salute white... phlegm <laughs> ted has a white powdery substance on his nose Flash says that they're going to party like it's the 80s. John says, how are you going to do that? Flash says, we're just going to do a bunch of coke and have sex with girls named Stephanie. And then we get a party montage here. Uh, John and Ted have a coked-out conversation about starting an Italian restaurant and the dinner special on Wednesday. Ted sings some classic 90s hootie karaoke. Uh, and this is where my favorite
1: line from move, like a, any movie comes ever. Just... I will always sing "Hamlaq like berber." <laughs> <laughs> the way he's saying that, I don't know why. It's always just resonated with me and stuck with me. It's so stupid, but
0: "Hamlaq like berber." Yeah, you you have to do all the vowels. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember watching a comedian uh, many years ago say that if you want to sing like. Um, Pearl Jam, you want to sing like Hootie, you want to sing like The Calling, anything like that. You have to have a little bit of water in in your mouth and just sing. And that will make you sound like any band from the 90s. And I think it's accurate. You should try it. I
1: agree. Oh, yeah. On this
0: part with me. There you go. Yeah, it works pretty nice. There it is. Hmm. They do some more shots here. Uh, John does an impression of Ted. Uh, Ted says, I do not sound that much like Peter Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they addressed it. Yeah. And that's that's kinda kinda all that was needed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's all that was needed. Yeah. If if he didn't have that line in there, I think people would have been pretty upset. Because mm-hmm. Peter Griffin is essentially just the voice of Seth MacFarlane. That's just his normal speaking voice, right? Yeah, with with a Boston accent. Mm-hmm. I think I think Brian is more of just his normal accent, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Brian is his normal talking voice. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they do more shots here. Uh, John does an impression of Ted. I already read that part. How about that? Fuck it. We'll do it live. Flash punches a hole in the wall uh, into the Asian neighbor's apartment. The neighbor wields a knife through the hole in the wall. Flash bites his hand and the neighbor drops a knife. He comes over royally pissed, says, you mm-hmm. broke my wall. I will break you. Uh, he's got a duck for some reason. I I don't know. That's a duck. That's a duck, man.
1: <laughs> it was his dinner. He was, he was gonna cook the duck. He said he was gonna cook, cook the duck. He was preparing to cook the duck and then they got drywall in it. That's what he was um, complaining I
0: complaining about. I, I must have missed that part. But yeah, I, I he said I, it, he says it real quick. It's like okay. a real, it's real quick. Gotcha. I All got right. you beep. I, I don't feel so bad now. Uh, they ask his name. he says my name's my name is Ming. Uh, Flash has a coked out flashback of the bad guy from his movie, who was also named Ming. Uh, They start fighting. Ted starts fighting the duck. Ted is absolutely getting worked by this duck. Uh, Ming and the duck leave and more party montage ensues. John sees Kronk from work and he is holding hands with some guy that looks like Van Wilder. Kronk says, this is Jared. This is the guy who beat me up. Also turns out I'm gay and we're in love. And they go off to get a drink. Uh, John is finally crashing and he looks at the clock and says he's got to go. He rushes out of Ted's apartment and runs into Lori, who is coming over to look for him. Uh, he follows her to, to the car. She says, I need you to get out of the apartment tonight. John says that it's not his fault. He was only g- going to be there for like five minutes and Flash Gordon shows up. Uh, Lori has had enough. She tells John to give her the car mm-hmm. keys mm-hmm. and she drives off. Rightfully so. Yeah. Jonas, As she should have. Yeah. Ed, you know what? She we're all should. we're 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 here with you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. She probably gave him seventeen or eighteen hundred more chances than he should have. Let's yep. be honest. Because he looks like he does. Because he's got those pecs. Yeah. The man pecs. Hey, how you mm-hmm. doing, sweaty me? Because he's got a funky bunch. Baby. Hell mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Uh, John is left standing alone in the street. Ted comes out of the apartment. John says, do you realize what happened? He says that he just lost the love of his life. Ted says Lori is just going to sleep it off and talk tomorrow. She'll watch some Bridget Jones, whatever. John says that he's done with Ted and John walks away. Ted presses his voice box. I love you. And John just keeps on walking. John checks into a motel and I don't know where he got this overnight duffel bag from. Like he just keeps it with him or something. He's literally got like a suitcase or, or a duffel bag, probably three or four days worth of clothes. Like
1: where did you get that? Dumb, dumb, not smart enough to keep this relationship and realize when he's doing something stupid, but it's smart enough to know I should have a, a go bag. duffel bag for when I get yeah. kicked out of the house for
0: being exactly. stupid. Yeah, please. Uh, Lori is crying and watching Bridget Jones whatever. And we cut to a few days later in Rex's office. He says that word to the grapevine is that Lori is newly solo. He said it. He said it. He said it. Uh, She says that she has got a lot of work to do. He says that he has tickets to Nora Jones and asks her out. She says, "You're asking me out a week after I broke up with somebody." Rex said he Rex said he's going to cut the shit. Uh, this is the first time that she has been single uh, since he's known her. Uh, he says, "Just go with me one time. If you hate it, I'll never ask again. Um, at least just go. It'll be fun. You're quite the catch, and it's time someone treated you like like you deserve." Uh, Lori says, "Fuck it, I'll go. Uh, it'd be crying. It beats crying myself to sleep every night." And if it gets you off my back, well, that's just a bonus. Rex says, great, I'll pick you up at eight. And we cut to John in the motel, beer cans and bottles everywhere. It is pouring outside and Ted is standing at the sliding glass back door. John tells him to go away. Ted opens up the door and shakes himself out. Ted tells John that Rex is taking Lori on a date. John doesn't believe him. Ted says that he went over to Lori's to apologize and that she should take John back, and he saw the two of them drive off. John blames Teddy for making him stay at the party. Ted says John can only blame himself. Ted says that he wanted John to come over because he thought they were friends. John says that he wishes he could go back to Christmas where they met, and he wishes he got a Teddy Ruxpin instead. Teddy says, say that one more time. John says, Teddy rux fucking pin." And Teddy rushes John, and we have a drag-out slobber-knocker here. I'd say bordering on Malice at the Palace. Yeah, terrific fight.
1: Terrific fight scene. They, the choreography was just done really, really well.
0: Um, I would say this would be a top three close-quarter fight in cinematic history. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got Jason Bourne uh, in the kitchen, right, when they're fighting oh. with like newspapers and butcher knives and shit like that and then the bathroom fight scene from mission impossible Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) and and this one top three yeah book it write it down Uh, the fight ends here well do you have a top three or do you have something that's gonna beat this something that's gonna beat that I don't know because the mission impossible fight scene is definitely
1: in there yeah It, it has to be Ooh, okay. You know, actually, in Kill Bill two, when Uma Thurman's fighting um, in the kitchen, and yeah, when they're in the trailer, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, when she's in the trailer with uh, what, what was her name? The one with the eye patch. Can't remember. Um, she was some kind of was Californian- it the green mamba? I don't know if she. I don't know if she was a mamba or some kind of. I forget what kind of snake she was. But when they had that fight in that trailer, that was a that was a sick fight, sick close quarters fight. I like that one in Kill Bill Volume two. So I'll I'll keep Ted at three, kill the the Kill Bill one's number one, and then at number two is the Mission Impossible fight.
0: Where were we at, Beep? I uh, it was L Driver. L Driver, who would yeah. she play? Uh, no, well the the actress's name is Daryl Hannah. Okay, uh, the character was L Driver. Does it say what what snake she was? I'm kind of curious what snake she was. That's a great question, mm-hmm.
1: because I'm trying to think which each one was. This is this is great for our right live this listeners. Is great. Yeah, tuning this is great right for now.
0: the the audio and also for our 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 live viewers here. You're gonna love going back at this later. <laughs> <laughs> Just
1: with this giant. Well, I mean, at least you know when you look at the sound levels that this giant. Some, some of this uh, pausing is, is not going to quite be there. But what's the snake names? I mean, do, do I keep all this in? I think I'm going to keep this in. Keep it in. I think I'm going to keep this in. Keep it in. I think our listeners you know quite enjoy our hijinks. We like to have fun,
0: right? We have fun here. Yes, we do. I, I want to say it was the Green Mamba. I, that, that that sounds right. I don't know. We'll, I'm like we'll, a dog with a bone on this one. Let's, you keep the pod going. I'll get I'll get down to this information. Sounds good. Uh, the fight ends when the TV falls off the dresser and hits John directly in the penis. They apologize to each other. California Mountain Snake.
1: I knew California wasn't the name. There we go. Sorry. Uh, I'm wrong.
0: Ted Black, said, Mambo,
1: Black Mamba was Uma Thurman's one, though.
0: Yeah, the Black Mamba. But what, there was a Green Mamba, right? I think. No, no, no.
1: There was no green mamba. It was just a uh, what was it? viper, like cottonmouth snake. I think it was a rattlesnake. Damn. All oh, right. No green mamba. Fair enough. Ta-da.
0: Uh, Ted says they can get Lori back and he has a plan. They head to the hat shell where the Nora Jones concert is going on. And we cut to the concert and Nora Jones has, you know, I I think Nora Jones has one of the most underrated voices I've ever heard. Not a hot take. Very true. It's yeah. You can take that one to the bank. Mm -hmm. Uh, We see Rex and Lori standing in the crowd very awkwardly. I might add Uh, the song ends and Nora says that they're going to take a quick break. We're in the dressing room now, and Ted introduces Nora to John. Uh, Apparently, Ted and Nora used to hook up back in the day. Um, Yeah, I I I still don't. I I don't understand. As you know, as Daryl Morey once said, I can't quite grasp the mechanics.
1: (laughs) Shout out Morey. When they just show, but he's just like, I'm gonna fuck her again. I was just like, oh my god,
0: (laughs) stupid fucking bear. Yeah. Uh, the break is over, and Nora brings up John to sing a song to the woman he loves. He sings the theme song from Octopussy. Uh, he he's awful, uh, but this this is quite adorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the crowd quickly turns on him. Uh, One guy rushes the stage to do his best limited fake Will Smith. John picks up the mic stand and whacks the guy right in the face. Uh, Fake Will Smith falls off the stage and is in need of paramedics. Security rushes John off the stage. In the parking lot now, Rex and Lori are heading back to Rex's car. He says they should grab a drink after almost seeing a guy die. Rex says that it's not fair for John to embarrass Lori like that. Lori says that she wasn't embarrassed. Yes, John and I have our problems, but at least he tried. She says that she doesn't feel like talking about this with Rex. And Bare minimum, leaves. come on, Mila. Ugh. Yeah, uh, she leaves to go catch a cab. That's very early 20, 21st century. I mean, who who, who catches a cab nowadays? Uh, Uber Rex,
1: Uber might have just not been around not around quite yet.
0: Yeah, this is what this is what two thousand twelve. So. 10 years ago. I think I first remember taking an Uber in maybe 2015. Maybe. Same.
1: I took, yeah, I took my first Uber in San Francisco around that time.
0: Yeah. Uh, Rex lets out a huge fart and says, finally. Been there, my man. Been there, done that. Yep. Uh, The next day at Lori's apartment, Ted is there to win Lori back for John. She begs her to go uh, give him one more chance. He says that if she takes John back, Ted will take off and never come back. Ted tells her that John is down at Charlie's and all he wants to do is talk. He tells her that by the time she comes back, Ted is going to be gone. Lori leaves to go talk to John. Ted grabs a beer from the fridge, and it is a Michelob Ultra Tuscan orange grapefruit. It says, oh, my God, America is imploding. Which, yeah. Little did he know. Little did he know. Mm Hmm. Uh, Teddy opens the front door, and Rabisi and his son are waiting at the door to bear nap him. They put him in a burlap sack or a pillowcase, something like that. And we cut to Lori meeting John at Charlie's. Uh, they have an awkward first conversation after a breakup. John says, I don't deserve you. I've been a shitty boyfriend for the last four years. I just want us to end on good terms. And he takes off. We now cut to Rubisi pulling up to his house. He and his son carry Ted into the house and dump him out of the sack. Ted looks up the wall and it is just covered with newspaper and magazine clippings of Ted. Uh, very uh, Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia talking about Pepe Silva. Or is it Sil- Pepe Sylvia? Pepe Silva, Sylvia. Sylvia, Silva. One sure. of the two. One of the two. Reminded me of misery. Yeah. Or uh A Beautiful Mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ted looks up the wall, sees all the uh newspaper and magazine clippings. Rabisi says, As You can see, you've been part of our family for a very long time. Ted says it's weird. I've got pictures of you guys all over the walls at my home too. <laughs> that that was five. Yeah. Yeah. That was good one, yeah. Uh, Rabisi says that you've come at perfect time. It's almost Robert's play hour. Ted says that he's betting that they don't have a PS3. You strike me as more of a wooden rocking horse with a wig family. They head up to Robert's room, and sure enough, there is a wooden rocking horse with a wig in the corner. Mm-hmm. Rabisi says that he belongs to Robert now, and you're going to do what he says. Ted says, what do you think you're going to do? Get away with kidnapping? Nice fucking example you're setting Rabisi apparently doesn't like a potty mouth and he yells language. And we get some backstory exposition here. He tells Ted about when he saw him on TV. He asks his dad if he could have a magical bear too. Dad said no. Rabisi goes on to say that he promised himself that if he ever had a son, he would never tell him no ever. Rabisi leaves the two of them to play alone. The kid says that he said a bad word once. Daddy punished me. Now I have to punish you. He rips Teddy's ear off and throws it against the wall. Like Teddy a says, you know, yeah, absolute psychopath. Chris Whittingham murderer over here. I think we're just going to call instead of Robert. He's just going to be witty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Teddy says, okay, witty, you win. Let's play a game. Let's play hide and seek. Uh, he tells witty to count to 100. Teddy leaves the room and tries to escape. He sees Rabisi watching the music video for I think we're alone now and he's drinking tea and suggestively gyrating his hips. This one got a couple of audible <laughs> I think yeah. we're at seven now.
1: Really good moves. Really good moves. I was you know
0: sneaky good dancer.
1: A, yeah, I was impressed.
0: Yeah. I I definitely don't have that flexibility.
1: I'm working on it. We're getting there.
0: At a boy. Yeah. Send the video when you do. Yeah, uh, he sees the uh, he sees the phone. Uh, John uh, is now walking down the sidewalk. Lori drives up next to him, tells him to get in the car so they can talk. Uh, John's phone rings, but it's a blocked number. Uh, Lori begins to talk again. Another blocked call. Lori continues talking. Uh, another block call. John picks it up and it is Teddy. Teddy says that he's in trouble, uh, says that he was taken by Rabisi and Witty from the park. Before he can tell John anything else, the call is disconnected and Rabisi is standing behind Ted. He says, you're not a very polite guest, are you? Back in the car now with John and Lori. Lori asks if Ted's okay. John says no. He says that he's in trouble and he doesn't know where Teddy is. Then he remembers Rabisi wrote down his number and address. John kept it in a very important pocket for very important things. And they take off towards the address. Rabisi and Whittingham have Teddy back in the bag and are heading out to the car. As they drive up the alley, John sees Teddy in the rear window. The car chase ensues. Teddy grabs a crowbar and breaks out the back window. Lori speeds up to Rabisi's car. Teddy jumps out of the uh, Rabisi's car and onto the hood of Lori's car. And he says that's a total TJ Hooker move. <laughs> We're at eight now. Hmm. <laughs> Rabisi slams on his brakes and Laurie rear ends him and Teddy flies back through the window into Rabisi's car. The car chase continues. Ted finds a bag and puts it over Rabisi's head. Rabisi crashes the car. Uh, Teddy escapes, but cuts his stomach open on the broken glass. He runs into Fenway pack. Rabisi chased after him. Lon, Lon Laurie <laughs> and John Lon chase after him. <laughs> I I I don't know. It works. Long fucking, fucking Cody. Mm-hmm. All, always Cody. getting in there. <laughs> Maybe. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, Ted slips through the gate. Uh, Rabisi barely makes it. Shout out Schweitz. Schweitz. <laughs> Whittingham, not so much. Uh, Whittingham sees Laurie and John, and screams, "You can't have my teddy bear!" As he runs towards them, John punches the kid right in the face, knocks him out cold. I'll accept this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, does he,
1: what does he say after he punches him in the face? He, says, or he said, Joan sorry,
0: Crawford. someone had to go Joan Crawford on that kid. <laughs> uh, Ted is now in the green monster seats in left field, and Ribisi is hot on his tail. Teddy starts to climb up of the light towers. Ribisi starts to climb up after him. John and Laurie are in the third base bleachers. Lori sees Teddy and Rabisi climb the light tower. John tells her to stay there, and he goes to chase after Teddy and Rabisi. Rabisi tells Ted that he could love him. Uh, he could give him love, rocking horses, and dancing. We're at nine. Ted says that he belongs to John Bennett. Rabisi grabs Ted's foot, and the rip in his stomach begins to get wider. They continue to climb, and Rabisi grabs Ted's foot again. Ted completely rips in half. Uh, We get a slow-mo shot here of Ted falling to the Fenway Park turf in two pieces and stuffing just flutters to the ground like snow. John and Lori rush the field to get Teddy. They begin to pick up the stuffing and try to put him back together. Teddy tells John with his dying breath not to lose Lori again, says that she's his thunder buddy now, and she's more important to you than me. Before he can finish his thought, we see the magic escape from Teddy's face, Teddy is gone. Back at Lori and John's apartment, Lori frantically tries to sew Teddy back together. Teddy lies lifeless on the coffee table. He is now covered up with a blanket. We hear a loud thunderclap and John doesn't even flinch. Lori says that she's so sorry. They head to the bedroom to get some sleep. John is asleep and Lori goes to the window. She looks out at the night sky and she sees a shooting star. Uh, the next morning, John is on the couch. He pulls the blanket from Teddy's body. We see Teddy blink. He stands up, and Dan, the magic <laughs> is back. Very Teddy. problematic magic is back scene. Teddy. Teddy ball game. <laughs> Teddy, Teddy <is> bats. It? <laughs> Teddy bears.
1: There we go. T-bears. Uh,
0: the T's. Bears. <laughs> uh Teddy is now talking like he had just had a stroke uh he tells John that when they put the stuffing back they put some in the wrong place so now he's all fucked up uh he tells John I was just fucking with you I thought it would be funny if you thought I was uh I'm not even gonna say this, this uh, yeah, word. yeah. All right. you Very know problematic yeah. word yeah. it's a, it's 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 a bingo mm-hmm Ooh, that's a bingo <laughs> Is that the way you say it? that's a bingo you just say bingo bingo how fun <laughs> Lori comes out and says welcome back ted john and ted realize that Lori made the magical wish ted says you wish for my life back she says no i wish for my life back uh, john proposes we cut to john and Lori getting married with flash gordon as their officiant John's boss and Tom scared her in the audience. Tom looks at them and says, you better let my daughter go. You sick son of a bitch. Lori's coworkers <laughs> say that they're fake happy for Lori. Cronk uh, and Van Wilder share a kiss. Yeah. Uh, as John and Lori drive off, Ted tells Flash Gordon, that there's only one way to end this perfect day. They do a flash jump. Now we cut to some wrap up exposition. Uh, We get some footage of Ted and Tammy Lynn on their double date with John and Lori. Uh, (laughs) We have a voiceover exposition. Picard says Ted and Tammy Lynn continue their toward love affair for quite some time. One afternoon, Ted was caught behind the deli counter eating potato salad off Tammy Lynn's bare bottom. He was instantly promoted to store manager. Uh, We now get footage of Sam Jones walking toward uh, John at Ted's party. Uh, voiceover exposition. Picard says Sam Jones moved back to Hollywood with the goal of restarting his film career. He currently resides in Burbank, where he shares a studio apartment with his roommate, Brandon Routh. We see a picture of Brandon Routh. Uh, Picard continues. Remember with Brandon Routh from that god awful Superman movie. Jesus Christ. <laughs> thanks for getting our hopes up and taking a giant shit on us. We now get footage of Rex at the office. Voice over Picard says Rex gave up his pursuit of Lori not long after he fell into a deep depression and died of Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, footage of uh, Drabisi dancing in the living room says Donnie was arrested by Boston police and charged with the kidnapping of a plush toy. The charges were dropped when everyone realized how completely stupid that sounded. <laughs> we get footage of Whittingham in his bedroom. Whittingham got a trainer, lost a substantial amount of weight and went on to become Taylor Lautner. We get a photo of Taylor Lautner. And roll credits. Yeah, perfect. That's and that's that was Ted. That that was Ted. All right, we got some trivia here. Uh 9/11 is mentioned a couple of times uh, in this movie. Um, Mark Wahlberg and Seth McFarlane narrowly missed being on American Airlines Flight 11, one of the planes that hit the World Trade Center on September 11, 2001. Wahlberg was booked on the flight but decided to drive to New York City and fly to California later. McFarlane arrived at the gate 10 minutes late and was not allowed to board. He was sitting in the airport when he saw that his plane had hit World Trade Center's North Tower. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the integrated archive footage of Ted on The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson uh, was culled from the broadcast of February 29th, 1984. Johnny Carson's actual guest that night was Emmanuel Lewis. This can easily be determined when Johnny, upon Ted's arrival, says, I thought you'd be taller. Ted responds, I thought you'd be funnier, was Emanuel Lewis's actual response. Hmm. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, near the end, when Lori looks outside the window up the stars and makes the magical wish, the constellation Ursa Minor, which means little bear, is in the upper left-hand corner. And in order to get those stars right, uh, Seth MacFarlane reached out to Neil deGrasse Tyson. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and at the wedding, when one of Lori's friends jokes that she is... Uh, fake happy for Laurie and John. This foreshadows Ted Two, in which John and Laurie are divorced. Spoiler alert. Hmm. Yeah. Um. I haven't seen Ted Two, so yeah, that kind of ruins it. I guess I don't need to now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. All right. We are going to get into our uh, our reviews here, our ratings. Uh, if you haven't listened to us before, uh, our rating system is, yeah, one of my favorite. I will watch this one anytime it's on TV. Um, we have meh, which is, at, you know, once might be enough. It's going to be a few years before I watch this one again. Or feh, get out of here. One of the worst things I've ever seen. I will never watch this one again. So, pal, what do you got? Yeah, meh, or fe?
1: Forgot how problematic this movie was, but I'm giving it a yeah just because I've watched this more than two times already, more than three times, probably more than four times. I've watched it a few times. So, you know, when it's on here and there, you know, just for a stupid laugh, why not? Uh, so it's getting a yeah for me. Send a yeah for me. All right.
0: I'm kind of torn. Um, I remember really enjoying this one when it came out. Mm -hmm. Um, now kind of looking back on it with all the problematic stuff in here. I was like, Ooh, okay. That this is what I used to think was funny. Um, hmm. I did have nine, a total of nine forcing air out of my nostrils (laughs) laughs, um, was the final count there. So I think because there wasn't a lot more of that, like there wasn't actually out loud chuckles. This time, and because of how problematic this movie is now that I'm looking back on it, it's going to be a meh. It, it's going to be probably more than a few years before I see this one again.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I'm going to change mine from a yeah to a. Ooh. Meh. Um, Film yeah. noir. Film noir. Reversing course here. You know. Yeah, it made me. It made me cringe too much. You're right. Because the only the only redeeming part really that got me laughing was just uh, the karaoke. Who did and yeah? Who did this to us when they throw the <laughs> fart?
0: Yeah, that's about it. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Lauer After Hours presents Cinema. Thank you so much for checking us out on the maiden voyage of uh, us streaming on YouTube Live. I, I hope to have a lot more of these in the in the future. Um, you know, if you have a movie that you would like to suggest, uh, suggest it. Uh, on our Twitter page uh, DM uh, again it has to be a 69% from the critics or the audience on Rotten Tomatoes or a 6.9 stars on IMDB uh, thanks a lot we'll catch you next time
1: Bye, con Dios.
0: thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours you can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars.